1: Everybody and welcome into the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy and a very special guest joining us here on a special episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. We have Mirren Fader, staff writer at The Ringer and author of Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP, which hits stores tomorrow. Uh, so you definitely want to get this book. Uh, you know, for those that I've already seen, have been talking about how excited they are uh, to get their hands on their books and and read this story of Giannis and Mirren. Before we jump into the book here, um, I wanted just to ask you for our listeners that might want to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, just tell us a little bit about what made you interested in becoming a sports reporter and a, and a storyteller.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's good to be with you guys. Um, I used to be a basketball player. I loved basketball. I played my whole life. I also loved writing as well. And I wanted to find a way to bring the two together. So I thought, okay, sports writing would be perfect for that. And, um, you know, my work really focuses on the person as much as the athlete, you know, I'm really trying to write these long form human interest profiles, because, you know, I think the athletes we cover are just fascinating people. So I, I just always try to center the humanity in my work.
2: Mirren, thank you for coming on the show. We know you're very busy. And congratulations on the book. By the time the episode airs, you'll be able to buy the book on Amazon. And if, you, if you've if you been on NBA Twitter at all, you will we'll have probably seen someone tagging the book or talking about how great it is. So I pre-ordered the book. Go check the book out. Okay. Oh, now, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, I do want to ask you a few questions Giannis things, obviously. Uh, The first thing I want to ask you about about is, me and Matt were talking about before you came on, Giannis is maybe the only truly likable, universally liked superstar in the NBA right now. That You're not going to find anybody who has a negative word to say about him. When you were researching for the book, when you were doing what you were doing to, to write this, Was what did you come across that that stuck out to you that made you realize that, yeah, he's that type of guy?
0: Well, I mean, I interviewed two hundred twenty one people and not one person had something negative to say, which is never ever happened in my career <laughs> profiling somebody so I think it's safe to say that he is pretty genuine but um you know I think there have been moments like you know for example like he's just so different he's a different modern day superstar he doesn't want to work out with other players and sometimes that rub people the wrong way so I think that from a fan perspective of course like there's He's just so beloved, but there are definitely times where, you know, players and coaches were like, well, why don't you work out with people, you know, but he's just different. He did it his own way. Everything about him is just different.
2: Why do you think he's like that? Why is he different? Is that you think from his upbringing or is that just his loyalty to the franchise or his Milwaukee teammates?
0: He's just old school. He's just old school competitive. He doesn't want to give anybody a glimpse. You know, we live in a very like buddy, buddy, social media clout era. And he's just not like that. He doesn't want to work out with somebody for show. He really, when he works out, he just wants to get better. And he doesn't want to give anyone, you know, an advantage over him by letting them see what he does.
2: Yeah, you never see him on Instagram. He's never working out with anybody. You never see his workouts like that. You never see Russ on that either. And I yeah, that watch you talking in the book about him pra- practicing Russell Westbrook's scowl, which is one of the best things <laughs> that I've read about the book so far. It's just so funny. So funny to think about one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen having to <laughs> practice looking tough. It's just so funny to think about that.
0: Well, that's the point, right? He's so lovable. He had to practice it, you know, Skip Robinson, who worked in Bucks Community Relations was like, he's a very nice gentleman, he had to practice it because he's not that guy. And now he's that guy. But back then, you know, he wasn't that guy. Yeah.
1: And, and Mirren, you know, throughout your career, you have interviewed and featured, you know, several different top athletes uh, that that we see in all kinds of different sports. Um, but you know, you, what, what made you choose Giannis, uh, to write your first book about what, what about him stood out that you felt, um, is the reason why you chose him to be, um, the the plot of your first book?
0: Well, he's incredibly thoughtful and he's very smart. And he's just very wise for being such a young person. And for me, when I look to do a subject, I'm like, okay, is there a compelling human angle here? And with Giannis, you know, it's almost as interesting as his basketball game is and his athleticism and his his, you know, journey from skinny to chiseled guy that just won two MVPs in a championship. To me, basketball is the least interesting part about him. Like, I just felt there was so much human stuff to his story that was unexplored. And so it just made him an attractive subject. And finally, I think like, it's very hard to be at a point in this day and age where you feel like you don't know something about a famous person. Like, that's very strange. The internet has democratized everything and it feels like everything's already been done but with Giannis there's so little we actually knew about him and so I was just like I really I'm just curious like how do we know nothing about this guy other than sold trinkets on the street so that's what led me to it
2: which brings me kind of to my next question of how did you find out so much about him and get so much (laughs) access to him when nobody really knew anything about him before (laughs) your book
0: Well, I luckily, this book came out of a story I did um, on Giannis and his youngest brother, Alex, and spending time with them in their home, there was just so much left on the cutting floor, and it allowed me to have a kind of inkling of like, okay, this person I need to talk to, that person I need to talk to. And, you know, I wrote and report this entire thing during the pandemic. So if there was ever a time to be locked in your apartment in severe isolation where all you can do is work and call people, it would be now. And so I think for me, I just really buckled down. And, and um, when you talk to one person, you always ask them, okay, who else should I talk to? And so it really, it was just putting all my focus into childhood because I think people sort of know the more recent stuff about him. But childhood is like this blank canvas that nobody knows.
1: You know, and you know, one thing I was looking at today, um, you know, looking at the book and you know, seeing how you can pre-order it and things like that. And I, I just, how, how cool is it to see you know people that have the book or have talked about pre-order the book? I, I've seen it on on your uh, social media account, you know, talking about how they can't wait to read it or they got their hands on it and they, they, they just want to dive into the book. Just talk about how how cool the feeling that is to be able to have this book published and see that so many people are very excited uh, uh to read this book.
0: I mean, thanks for this question. It just makes my heart melt. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I I never really see people get excited about reading. You know, reading is like my lifelong hobby. You know, it's something that never made me quote unquote, cool. Um, And to see people excited to like actually read a book is just so cool. And the fact that it's like I wrote it is is crazy to me. I'm still like it's pretty surreal and I'm taking it in. But I'm just very, very thankful. You know, a lot of people are struggling financially right now from covid and the fact that people put their money into pre ordering this when funds are pretty low for many people. It just it means the whole world. It's it's been really fun to see.
1: And yeah. you know, you have um, the timing of this, right? Like, you make the announcement, I believe, last December that you were going to have this book come out about Giannis. Uh, and now the book again that releases uh tomorrow. But the the timing of this can't be more perfect with Giannis winning the NBA championship, uh, winning the, the finals MVP. Just talk about that uh, of all that coming together. Your book is released right in time for him uh, when he's on top of the world right now as an NBA champion
0: well it's so ironic because like of course I couldn't have known that would happen and you know for you all that read the book it's like a lot of the book is about the struggles of Milwaukee and how they just had these horrible decades of despair and so it's it's almost just like completely ridiculous that they ended up Getting past all of that to win, you know, the book came out at this point because we didn't know if he was going to stay or not in Milwaukee. And so we thought, okay, the the biggest hook is going to be free agency. He's going to be the biggest story of the offseason. And then he went and surprised us by telling us he would stay back in December. So, you know, I could not have predicted this, but the timing really does help. And I I think it's cool because like during the playoffs, not only was he amazing on the court, but a lot of people were introduced to him for the first time and they really fell in love with like the things that he was saying and the kind of person he comes off as. And yeah, there's just never been a a higher hunger or more hunger. I should say to know more about his backstory. So I'm just very thankful.
2: If you could, cause you said when you wrote this, that, uh, you didn't know if he was coming back to Milwaukee and now he's obviously, he's brought the bucks a championship. If you could change the ending, how would you end it with?
0: <laughs> well, I would actually end it on the scene of him crying, um, on the chair, yeah. you know, after, because in the beginning sections of the book, there are moments where, um, Basically, so Giannis was so hard on himself as a teenager, he would start crying openly um, at practice or at the games, and and that was just normal. Nobody thought it was weird. And then he comes to Milwaukee rookie year, and the strength coach, Robert Hackett, tells me he had to tell Giannis, you can't cry, at least not in public. You know, we don't do that here. And so seeing the emotion come out all these years later when they won, I I love a good tie back. And I I don't know, I, I feel those things are totally related, and it was just very emotional to see.
2: There's been a lot like, Oh, sorry, Matt. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's been a lot about how Giannis has been like, he considers loyalty is obviously very paramount. And, but, and he's showed that with, uh, he's very loyal to his family, obviously. And he showed he's very loyal to Milwaukee and he's done about as much as a basketball player can do at a, a very young age. So what, I wanted to ask you is how do you think he defines success for someone so young? Do you think he feels like he's achieved as much as possible? Or do you think he feels like I want to win as many championships as possible? Or do you think he, do you think he cares about MVPs? How do you think he looks at basketball?
0: I mean, for sure, I think probably winning more championships, but also his goals are just bigger than himself. So the goal now is to get Alex, the youngest brother in the Mm -hmm. NBA. And at that point, they'll have achieved the lifelong goal of having four brothers in the NBA. So I think that's, that's what he's working on. He's been like grooming Alex for this opportunity and Alex got to work out recently with some NBA teams. So I think that's next, but you know, success is, um, beyond basketball, you know, it's taking care of your family and, um, being there for them and now being a father and being able to balance all of these things. So, you know, he's only 26. Like the next chapter for him, I think is, is having the balancing act of all of these things.
1: You shared in the, in the beginning that you, you interviewed, I believe you said 121 different people. Is that correct? 221. Wow. 221. Yeah. (laughs) I I just, I, I hear that number and I'm just thinking, Like, how do you go about like organizing every interview and things like that? That's just, that's mind blowing for me. I think, I think that right there would cause me to have anxiety of keeping up with everything. Um, But, you know, having 221 people to talk to about Giannis um, did you learn anything that you did not know? And obviously, you know, Something that maybe surprised you. I know that not a lot was known about Giannis before, you know, doing this book and knowing a few things about his stories. But there was was there something uh, that surprised you that you learned uh, in the process of interviewing these people about Giannis.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly there was a lot of anxiety over here as well about how to organize it. And, you know, I ended up organizing all my (laughs) interviews by year, um, which helped me kind of narrow it down a bit. But yeah, I mean, I think I wasn't surprised at this, but nonetheless taken aback at the amount of racism that he faced growing up. I think people tend to sugarcoat Giannis's story as this fable, fairy tale, magic story of rags to riches. And it kind of just glosses over the the racial side of things and how difficult that was and still is for him so i i think i hope that readers find those sections really revealing
2: sorry muren i i I, as someone from new jersey i i have to ask you about jason kidd the whole (laughs) the the jason kidd stories and uh, I read the excerpts on J-Kid and that was, I mean, I guess not surprising given what we've heard about Jason Kid. but I mean, was there any part of what you were, t- I assume you, did you talk to Jason Kid?
0: No, he declined to comment.
2: Okay. Now, was there any one thing in particular that you were told about Jason Kidd that stuck out to you more than anything else?
0: Um, I think people will really um, feel a lot of things when they see the section on Larry Sanders because nobody quite knows what happened to Larry Sanders. And it was He's actually really a really good hard- player. He was really good. Um, and he had a really bad run in with Jason Kidd. And I, I think that anecdote is really heartbreaking. And I think it encapsulates why so many players hate playing for Jason Kidd. And I think it reveals as much about Jason as Larry. So I, I think people will find that interesting. I mean, the, the, the excerpt that you read was mixed and matched from that chapter. There's so much more in the book about Jason because, you know, he did play an important role in Giannis's career. And it was important to be honest about how he did that, how he went about that.
2: Yeah, because Giannis was upset when they let him go from what I remember, right? Or at least that's what he was- you were... Sorry, yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's complicated. I mean, he did not like that kid told the media that Giannis tried to save his job. He didn't mm-hmm. like that. He wanted that to stay private if that did happen. Um, so, yeah, it, it's complicated. I mean, Jason Kidd did a lot of really good things for Giannis, um, but he also Giannis didn't always agree with the way that kid went about things.
2: I hope I'm not coming off as pro Jason Kidd here, Matt. I'm not trying to sound <laughs> pro Jason Kidd at all. You just want to know, Chip. You just no, we're know. not not at all. I'm very. We're we're an anti Jason Kidd podcast. Just yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> yes, uh, but you know, Mirren,
1: we just want to thank you again for taking uh, the few minutes to join us here on the Nick State of Mind podcast. Um, and want to congratulate you again with this book that's being released tomorrow. Um as uh, the improbable rise of an MVP uh, hits the stores tomorrow. And Chip, I know you already pre-ordered the book. I know I'm going to be getting my hands on the book. Uh, and, and folks, this is a book that you absolutely want to read. It's a great story. Uh, reviews I already seen are just raving. So Mirren, congratulations again. Uh, and, and look forward to reading it myself.
0: Oh, thank you so, so much for the kind words and, and, uh, for this great interview, I I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you again.
1: All right. So guys get your hands on this book, but that's going to do it for us here on the next state of mind podcast. Thanks for listening.